Welcome to the Byler Room Podcast. Today I got the chance to chat with a very special businesswoman. She studied dance all her young life in China, came to Montreal, Canada, completed an MBA, and created a multi-studio concept called Espace des Arts that became a mecca for many dance styles and dancers. I started this conversation with no expectations, and I discovered a smart, thoughtful, extremely motivated and powerful woman. Without further ado, I bring you Dominic Wang. Good so, morning, mommy. So no, no, no COVID for the baby. The mm. baby has no idea what's happening. Oh, the baby is born in the middle of the COVID. He was born March 18th. So it's like exactly a couple wow. days before the the big shutdown. So he's right born right into the middle of all this craziness. How how did you feel when when everything was happening? Uh well honestly at the time was uh I couldn't really think too much because I just had a newborn. So I think that kind of uh became the priority of everything so all my energy was basically focusing directly to the baby and uh, how to handle the baby because i have a older daughter too who's uh now three years old at the time uh, two and a half so at the time uh, i was not uh, aware that this covid situation would last this long So I was more hoping, okay, maybe three months, six months max, and then we're gonna get out of it by the end of the uh, the summer. Like uh, we're gonna enter maybe fall season with more or less, you know, like uh, if not full capacity of the business, but uh, you know, sixty percent or seventy percent capacity surprise, of the business. Surprise! Yeah, and now we are in October. So I guess uh, we're not getting out. Like it looks like we're not getting out in but, a couple but, of years. But, but you said you said you said just before before we start recording, you said that uh, you're right now the activities that are there are some privates for some teachers, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, this is a huge place. Yeah. Okay. There's no way the privates cover the costs. Absolutely not. Okay. So now, how many months you've been going now with? Below With, par. Uh, well, we s we were closed as of uh, I think March 21. And how the hell do you do you manage? Uh, like I, that, was, I, I I had that question all the time. Every time I was yeah. thinking about you, I had I have rent, but yeah. I don't have this kind no, of rent. This <laughs> kind of rent, I know. So explain like, to uh, to to the audience what kind of like how many studios, square footage, maybe so they have, have an idea. Uh, Yeah, we have seven studios here. Seven. Yeah, about uh, let's say thirteen thousand square Jesus feet Christ. space, and this place used to be filled with classes and events nonstop. Like pretty much, we have uh, uh, four or five hours of window every day to turn around the space to clean and get ready for the next day. But now it's been empty ever since March twenty-first. So our rent, you can probably imagine, downtown prime location, the rent is. They're in the middle uh, of downtown. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, quite crazy. Um, there is no way we can cover the rent, mm. let alone utility. Uh, um, you know, all the essentials, phone lines, Wi-Fi. We we just can't. So what happened during the 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 COVID initially? Uh, we were telling the landlord, look, we are in complete shutdown right now because I have one month rent already prepaid at the time, so uh, which is the same as pretty much all the businesses. So March was a big loss for us because we paid regular rent and we were operating for uh, less than a month. And um, so, and as of April approaching, we had a, a negotiated with the landlord to say, can you give us some time and see how it goes? So we put the rent on hold while respecting all the shutdown, lockdown rules without operating. And our landlord was uh, very accommodating. So she said, uh, yes, Dominique, I understand there is no way you can cover the rent. So we're just gonna wait and see, but as the time goes on, 
as we all know by now, it wasn't something quick. So we're still in the middle of it. Um, so halfway through the lockdown, we we started negotiating with the landlord um, again. At the time, the government has already put together a rent relief program for businesses. And uh, fortunately, we qualify for that. So basically, the, the government was offering 50% of the rent. And we came up with the agreement with the landlord to pay 25% of the rent. Correct. So, uh, yeah. So basically, we have been paying 25% of the rent uh, monthly to the landlord. However, you own a studio yourself, even 25%, and you see how big this space is. Even it's 25% is still a lot of money, still yeah. thousands of Hundreds. dollars. Yeah. Um, so we're pretty much running a loss, just a smaller loss to sustain our regular, um, like let's say minimum capacity that's running, uh, a few privates here and there in the summer, we were allowed to run some groups, uh, but with reduced capacity, obviously. Um, so we were, I think there's one month that I cover my reduced rent. I think it was in August. Yay. Yeah. That was the only month I barely break even. And then uh, obviously we had no staff and um, just uh, the owners that we keep everything running on our own. But now the gr the grant is gone, right? The, the 25% thing is not applying anymore? Or is um, it? I have no idea. They extended for September. For yeah. October, they haven't really mentioned anything. Got it. Um, my impression is that they probably will extend again because otherwise it would make, would not make any sense mm. like that. They would push all the business go instant bankrupt immediately because if they don't, they close you down and without providing any support, I just don't know how it's. You mentioned something before we started to record and it, I, and I share the same feeling as you about that. I, I said in, in one of my posts, I wrote, if ever. I wonder if ever they would get hit as hard as us, would they take the same decision? Yeah. Like that's something I kept thinking about. Like the people right now that are extremely pro confinement, their mm -hmm. wallet isn't hurting. Yeah. And and I talked to a lot of business people and I always thought every business person is pro sanitary measures but mm -hmm. completely against shutdown but it makes sense like why would you <laughs> why would you even want to like for us that, and i think what 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 it, yesterday when they announced that they were closing yeah for a second time or extending the closure for the second time until november 23rd right Decided i was to... so angry because i had with all the the movement that the dance schools were making and every like i never write we're to, being ignored I, I never write to the prime minister yeah. i never send letters that's I, not i don't I mean. think any business people are the people who are the first in the street we are the people who if there's any way for us to make it work were the first to, you know, roll up the sleeves and make it work, which is what most of business did. The restaurant, the second the government said, okay, you need to install plexiglass or whatever division mm -hmm. for your customers to be safe, to die in, everybody jumped in and invested the thousands of dollars that they didn't have to make it happen in the hope that they will be allowed to open for partial capacity so they can mm -hmm. make ends meet. Correct. And same thing for the dance studios. I don't know one dance studios that was against the safety measurements. Everyone was, uh, you know, putting up signs, put uh, hand sanitizers and reinforce the, uh, you know, the disinfection for every all the equipment and then have the two meter distance. Every studio, every schools that I I've spoken to, they did all that. Mm. But for what? You know, for that reason, yeah. for what reason? We did all that and we were... Uh, and, and another thing that pissed me off the most is we had no reasonable or solid data supporting the closure of gym, dance studios, yoga studios, or restaurants. Yeah. You know, if the government comes up and show me the data to say how many people have been contracted or transmitted COVID in the dance studios, in the restaurants, because of that, we're shutting down these facilities. Yes, I un understand 100%. I will be, you know, for that kind of measurements. But so far, they just arbitrarily shutting down whoever they think 
is the problem. Mm -hmm. And again, come back to the point is because uh, they, they do not put their uh, feet in our shoes. They're not, uh, that's, that's the biggest disappointment I, I have uh, with this uh, management of COVID from the government side, because no one has ever uh, considered, what if it's them? What if it's their families that they cannot feed? What if it's their rent they cannot pay? You know, what if it's their business that they spend years, probably some people like 10, 15, 20 years of their lifetime build is going to be, you know, gone just like that. Mm. Nobody, nobody thought about that. When they come make a press conference and uh, announce what's the latest measure, it was based on exactly what? That's crazy. <laughs> We're we just talk about like pure numbers like pure cases, nothing in context, mm -hmm. nothing, what it's the plan, what we, what we can do. We're just like, this is it. Uh, we have four more weeks. And then again, what, in four more weeks? Oh, we, we have, have in the two four more weeks. weeks. Yeah. We have to, I'm like, is that going to be the response to a virus? That I, I don't, I don't, for me, I don't understand. Like, how, I, and I always wonder, what is the threshold? Like the real threshold, meaning that how much, like we're talking about, the, the, he said, and in, in, in the prime minister said, we're balancing the deaths with collateral damage. It's, it's something like that, right? He said, mm -hmm. I know it's inconvenient for some, but we're always balancing it, right? And I wonder, what is the threshold of... But the, who the, the, is them, who, who are they to decide who gets to be the collateral damage? <laughs> they decided, right? right? But, but you know what like, I'm talking about. 100%. Exactly. Okay, you are balancing, but... Are you part of the collateral damage or it's somebody else who is a collateral damage that you are conveniently balancing because it doesn't affect you? 100%. <laughs> and and, and, and it's, it was so strange because uh, one thing that we that we hit when because when once I was get really irritated, I started to write and then I discovered uh, that Red Dance Association uh -huh. and I decided to be part of it because I, I, I really liked what they do and how professional they were. And and I asked them and go, when you talk to the government, do they know we exist? Like, do they actually consider? Because nothing's mentioned about dance. Never. Yeah. Ontario did mention about they dance, did. which was cool, right? But you know why? No. Because I think one of the minister's wife actually owned a dance studio. Are you serious? I read about the story and the, the thing, <laughs> I, I don't know, or, uh, or I could be, could be just anecdote, but uh, yeah. I was like, uh, really? Oh, that's why. Mm. But, but I mean... That's how what it needs to be relevant, you know, like for 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 the decision makers, they really need to nobody bother to even acknowledge the sector of business exists. Yeah, it's, that's first, a problem. They, they mentioned gym, they mentioned yoga studios, but not closer, once, yeah. not once dance studios, as if we just like some kind of irrelevant, non-existent business. Maybe yeah, maybe we're not a big industry. But still, I think we we have a huge community of. Uh... <laughs> I'm all about that community. I'm, I, 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 and and the thing that that always amazes me is this is this is floored me. When they closed, mm -hmm. we were a sport, mm -hmm. right? Right. But when we asked for the grant, grant no, we were not You're a, a culture. sport. You're yeah. I'm a culture. Yeah. So so I'm thinking. Okay, well, what are we? What which are we which I, both are not very important. Anyways, <laughs> so. but, but no, but but I mean, I'm not even talking about. I I honestly, I always I always said to my friends or my peers, it goes, I don't want their money. I really nope. don't. No, nope. because for two reasons. First of all, I don't want to take any loans. I, I I'm right? with you 100. Yeah. percent If I'm not doing well right now. I want to get out fast of not doing well, right? I don't want to be paying a loan for yeah. five years, right? Well, as a and, business and then, owner, you know, your business has to, you, you do analysis, you know, you know, you do feasibility exactly. and exactly. analysis, you do break-even analysis, you yeah. know how, at, at what point your business will be able to sustain on its own feet. Yeah, 100%. So if you tell me that I cannot sustain my business on my own feet and I should go take out a loan, is that a, a sound financial advice to any of business owners? No. No. Like, you know, if I need cash flow or to bridge an income gap or whatever, like... Or buy know, a tool that will make me money. Buy a tool that will make yeah, me money, exactly. yes. Yeah, I understand, uh, absolutely. But in this case, is we have zero income. And you tell me to go get a $40,000 loan when you make zero income. 
Yeah, and and I think and I think the other thing that is particular is I don't want to talk about relief or funds or I don't want that money because I want to talk about how can we reopen safely. That's the only conversation I want to have. Like if you if you you tell me okay this is safe, bring like you said your studies. Say listen, I have a thousand two hundred square feet, which mm-hmm. is a tenth of your square feet. <laughs> Okay, so check this out, check this out. On that 1,200 square feet, when we reopened, I went from pre-COVID 30 to 36 people in a room to 10. Well, yeah. Okay, two meters meters apart, masks and everything. Uh, Take a shower before, take a shower, whatever. Wash your hands, uh, disinfect, like whatever. whatever No partner change. It was was aseptized, like 100%. Yep. Now, that was a safe activity. Now, mm-hmm. we were closed for X, Y reasons. I, I am not even following the logic anymore. Mm-hmm. So what's the next step, but, Dominic? You know, like, I agree <laughs> with you. Like, I think my, the main focus I have is that we, like, I really think the government or the public has to understand there is a way to make it safe. There is a way to make dance a safe activity for everyone uh, without, with very low risk of transmission, let's Correct. say. Like, we have tested it in the summer. Did you have any confirmed COVID case zero. in your school? Zero. I have zero too. Mm. Like anybody that I knew that had COVID, they didn't get it in the studio. They got Correct. it in the outdoor uh, group uh, dancing activities, which was tolerated by the government, by the mm-hmm. way, which mm-hmm. to me didn't make much of a sense. Mm-hmm. I'm all for it. I'm actually, I'm not against it on the personal level, but you know, on the level of tr- preventing transmission, I think that was a suicide mission. Like you have 300 people. People were pushing me. Partner. People were actually asking me and pushing me Same to do here. events. Same and here. I told them, I go, it is a slippery slope right now. Yeah. I, it, how can I control people? You can't. Uh, you cannot. And fair enough, I don't want to get into it, but I knew that if I opened my doors and I, and I talked to the people and my students, be careful. And I, all, every converse was, was the same. Listen, just be careful. Uh, you know, it's, it, it's be, beyond my studio right now. Mm-hmm. This is one why I also wanted to talk to you. It's beyond my studio. Mm-hmm. It's not about my studio. It's about our art. Yeah. It's about the survival and then we are in the business of that art, but it's beyond. We can't hurt it anymore. No. And it's already like drowned down in the mud. And the thing that is difficult to have conversation as, as a business person mm-hmm. is that as soon as you raise the death flag, you're saying, well, you, say you have to think about all the people that are died. And then you look like the irresponsible, the bad person. The bad yeah. person. Exactly. And I'm thinking, well, it's the first time in, in our, my existence we talk about death this way. Yeah. Do we relate to that way? Like every every death is you, a. I'm like. Yeah. So what's the price to pay? We stop society for one year. You know when that stop when that started. The people don't want to talk about it because when, they as soon as they said okay there's death, then apparently everybody else are supposed to just you know shut up and then stop talking about this. But the thing is, you know when you look at the 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 society as a whole, at what cost. I like for uh, yeah. for how many lives are you saving? So when it comes to the the collateral damage, like the prime minister has mentioned, when the collateral damage becomes so much greater than the actual death rate from the disease, and we need to we need to properly look at it and evaluate. Yeah. Am I like being crazy here? Like you know, you know what I saw? I went to research a bit before before coming here. Every per- percent of an employment that goes up. Mm-hmm. raises the suicide rate of one percent right yes. you read that yeah and it was estimated that covid and in canada there will be a link of 2100 suicides just mm-hmm. with covid right to the situation of covid mm-hmm. so that's also Even something we're to not mention. talking about the suicide but how about depression yeah it's hard and there's there are many people that i know are you know uh, i don't think I, I i wouldn't say clinically depressed but there are uh, depressed because for many of I, I know I'm sure you know many of your customers many of my customers dance was their only refuge the 100%. dance was their only change uh, of life change of yeah, yeah like that's how they escape from the daily stress and the, you know like the, the the heavy workload or problems at home like all that that's their only way to release all that negative energy and then you know to 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 gain some positivity uh, outlook of life. And you take the, all that away from people. 
And on top of that, with the socialized part, like we are human, we're social animals. So yes. what this confinement did is like you, you removed uh, one of the most fundamental needs of human beings. 100%. And you cannot sustain like that for a long time. And we have already managed so far, but the damage has been done. It's not just now, for now, adults, for kids as well. Now, I, on a personal level, handle it really not well. <laughs> No, just to get angry, a burst of anger sometimes. Oh, I, just wow. get, I get so irritated and, and sometimes I, I shut down. I, I, like t this morning when I woke up, this interview, I, I said to myself, because I, I slept angry. Oh my. <laughs> so I'm thinking never this interview, angry. I know, I know, but yes. that was really bad. That's so, a principle, rule number one. I know, I suck at that, so I'm not good. I have to, uh, uh, you know, room for improvement. <laughs> but 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 I mean, when I was coming here, I said, listen, this, I snapped out of it and I'm, I'm here, I want to talk to you and stuff like that. But how do you handle this? Like, how do you, what's your, what's your feeling about this? Like, how do you deal with all this? Um... It is really difficult to say. Like, I don't think I have that much anger. Like, for me, I I was always trying to find solution, just like, you know, what uh, I have always been doing. Um, but right now, I just feel like we're really at the end of the... We're reaching to the end of the rope. I haven't really uh, become angry yet, I, I don't think. Like, uh, it takes a lot to get I me angry. I want to see you angry. Yeah, it takes a lot to get me angry. Yeah, if they remove the rent relief program, I'll be angry. I'll be in the street. And I think I will not be alone. Uh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, but uh, I, I think the I have I an have advantage uh, in a way. I, I see it positively because I had the new baby. Mm. And I also see it as a way for me to be able to spend more time with the with the newborn. Otherwise, I wouldn't. Right, like you know how uh, when the business is rolling here, I would I, I would be extremely busy. Mm -hmm. So in a way, I see it. You know, every the silver lining of the of the situation is that I get to spend more time with the family, and I try to put more focus on that. At the same time, trying to find solutions to um, you know help our community first of all and uh, help myself. Like my my goal is not even to make money right now. My goal is to survive. Yeah, same here. Yeah, it's just like I just hope I will survive until we see end of this. But um, before we survive till the end, something has to change. Like I see many dance studios or owners of uh, small businesses are getting together right now to you know try to get their get our voice heard by the government mm. because like i really think we are able to safely operate 100%. at a lower capacity and that is a reasonable request and i'm 100% with you i don't need grant i don't need subsidies as long as you allow me to open i'll find a way right like i don't think that's too much to ask as <laughs> you know, as a, a citizen or as a business owner. Mm. And we don't, actually, I don't even see the point of a government bleeding so much money for no reason. You don't need to do that. Like, all you need to do is to make a reasonable, logical decision that would hugely help the economy and help the government at the same time. Mm. Um, however, I do have a point. I do think it's important is for the months that we are forced to shut down, I think the government should not cast, uh, you know, categorize us as whatever cultural sector or whatever. They need to man up and pay the full expenses, mm. not the fifty percent all. Don't you agree with me? Because you shut down me one hundred percent. You didn't shut down. Yeah, I agree. Fifty percent yeah. of my business. You shut down one hundred percent. So my revenue is from you know uh, my regular number one hundred percent to zero. So why are you only offering 50% of expenses? But, but what I find the most difficult on an emotional level is is the reason I chose to be a, a businessman, quote mm -hmm. unquote, is because I had full control over my life yep. and what my decisions were. And, yep. and there, was, there was a sacrifice, right? There's less security in, in mm -hmm. going into business, but at least you are your own boss and yep. you function that way and you're okay with that. It's those choices. But now for some reason in a split second, 
somebody else yeah somebody else took the control away and that's something i have a hard time dealing with yeah i I don't know (laughs) yeah i understand 100 but you know i came here for therapy yeah it's okay we can do this we need it right by the way are we legal are we legal to do this of course yeah of course two people yeah we're but we're far. We're two meters. We're two meters. You sure? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> One meter and ninety-nine. Oh my God! Uh-huh. What the world has become. So let, let, let's roll back time a little bit. Yeah. Tell me about how did you get into this place? Or let's even roll even further. How further did you get into salsa? Into salsa. Yeah. When did you start oh dancing? Oh my God! That's a long time ago. Uh, what happened? What was the first? First of all, how did you see it the first time before you were a dancer? Well, I was always a dancer, but not salsa dancer. What did you dance? I I was um, uh, training in ballet when I was young, mm. and I was a rhythmic gymnast for thirteen years. Here or in China? In China. Yeah. Okay. So Tell when me I about arrived, that. I used to do ballroom dancing. Awesome. Yeah, and when I arrived here, uh, I joined the ballroom school, Arthur Murray, like mm-hmm. the famous Arthur Murray. Yeah. That, uh, and then I met some friends there. And then they introduced me to salsa. They're they converted like, you. They converted they didn't you. Convert me. They actually didn't. They had no intention to convert no. at all. They always thought ballroom was more superior, anyways. Mm. But salsa is more fun. Yeah. It's so it's well, well more like you know. Well put. Yeah. It's more like but, oh, let's go check out the salsa party for fun. You know. Mm. Like, and so, that's it. Yeah. And hooked. I remember like my first vivid memory of salsa was uh, at uh, Salon Daomi. Mm-hmm. Remember that place? Yes. Yeah. I remember one that, that Thursday. Was, that was like uh, like voodoo. Like it's the almost voodoo. like. <laughs> Everybody talks about it. Salon Daomi, like from our generation. But then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like uh, I remember walking up to the stairs uh-huh. uh, Thursday night. And you remember, like the door opens and the steam come out. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was like, oh my God, how humid is this place? It's a sauna. It's another salsa club. And I went upstairs. The room was jam-packed. And I just saw, I walked in, changed my shoes, you know, like I had no clue what to do because I didn't dance salsa at the time. And I just saw um, Edson and Ev dancing. I still remember mm-hmm. because Edson was like a like a, it's really a, a memorable moment, mm-hmm. and then he was just like tearing it up with Ev, and Ev was like doing all these crazy spins, and like I was like, is that all improvised? How is that even possible? And then you see like all the Salty Mambo crew yeah, on yeah, the yeah, right hand yeah, side yeah. and a sofa yeah. with their jackets piled up. I'm like, wow, that's so cool. Yeah, and, yeah, I remember uh, that. Yeah, the rest is really the rest is history. Like that was my first uh, vivid memory of salsa, and I just loved it mm. right off the start. And I signed up to Edson's class the week after. That's so cool. Yeah. And how about the training in in China? You did it till what age? I did until uh, full time until sixteen. Got it. Do, do you do you do you remember any like how the style of training you were? Was it very strict? I have that kind of prejudice. Yeah, I it, thought, like, it was because I, I have it like China and Russia. Like they're, it's very yeah, they beat you up. <laughs> Let's say, yeah, she said it. She said yep. it. Yep. All right. So yep. so you were there to train as a dancer uh, for, for uh, a gy- as a gymnast as a rhythmic to gymnast. become a, g- a gymnast Got yeah it. i was training for competitions uh, for i think a good uh, you start with like a kind of after school extracurriculum mm-hmm. activities and then i become semi-professional so Got i was it. doing competitions uh, and representing my city blah 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 at the end so like a very, I went to athletic school for it, mm-hmm. and uh, for the really intensive training, I think it was about eight years. I would say. Got it. Yeah. And so wh- when did you come here? You were oh, how old? A long time ago. I came here when I was uh, twenty. So 22, 23, 23. Got it. So from uh, till sixteen, and then you stopped at sixteen the training. Yeah, I stopped competition, and uh, obviously, like. We consider it retired. Like I retired from the Got competition. Mm-hmm. So after that, I was just doing dancing and uh, um, not so much gymnastic, but just mainly dancing as a fun activities to do. Sometimes I do performance and uh, in different style of dance. But uh, yeah, hardcore training was I stopped uh, until I was 16. And what were you doing before coming uh, to Canada? 
before I came to Canada. Yeah, what, like work or work. Um, I didn't work much as I was in school most of the Got time, it. and uh, I had some uh, jobs from time to time, summer jobs or like. Uh, and you, ca term you came job. here by yourself. Yeah. And what brought you here? Um, well, I liked it. I liked Montreal when I was um, studying United States. I, I studied in United States for two years, mm -hmm. and I came visit. Uh, I came visit Montreal um, for, I think at the time I had a friend who was studying here in Concordia. Mm -hmm. So I just came visit. I really liked the place. So when I went back to China and um, shortly after that, I I was looking into graduate school. And then I just thought about Montreal. So I applied to University of Montreal, the MBA program there. And then I got accepted. So, so you did an MBA? Yeah, I did so an MBA in Ashesi. Legit businesswoman. I oh, am legit. Not street businesswoman. Training. <laughs> training also. She got the smarts and the skills both. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, That's so well, awesome. I did, the, I did the study here in Montreal. And right after you, you decided to open a business for yourself? or, or Actually, during my MBA year, I was doing ballroom dancing and you know ballroom dancing could be very expensive so I started yeah. selling dance shoes. You remember okay, okay, my okay, okay. my yes. shoe uh, shine dancewear? Yes, of course. So that's when I started. I started while studying wow. and then the dance studio rental like a event business comes it came after that but uh, at the time it was more the shoes and then I started travel for congresses. Mm. And uh was really caught the bug of uh, the whole Congress scene. And then, you know, I wanted to ha somehow uh, incorporate my interest for dancing mm -hmm. events with the business. So, and then, you know, we walked by uh, in the street, I saw this place and then I was like, wow, the location is awesome. So I started to check just for fun. <laughs> and then, you know, 10 years, wow. 11 years later, we're here. Well, now you know I spent some time in Asia for I about know. a year. Yeah, but I want, uh, every time every, every time I, I I see you, I want to test my remaining Chinese. Okay, you ready? Go ahead. What means pan yi li? Pan yi li. What means? What means? Pan yi li. Pan yi li. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much. I'm uh, a <laughs> Latin Wood teacher. Okay. You know, it's such a it's such a tricky language for for somebody that speaks French and English, right? So it's such a tricky language and it's a totally I, different system. And and I and I understood it in a in a different way when I started to listen it like music. Mm -hmm. this is where for me it changed like at the beginning i was listening to the words like how to say pronounce the words mm -hmm. and of course nobody understood me but when i started to listen to the to music it. how yeah. did they say nah, 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 nah. and then i was trying to imitate that the, kind of the saying tones, you know? yeah. and then it would help me yeah so it's a very like they say tonal but at the same time it's musical i feel like yeah. there's a music it's very it. funny that I, I don't know if you read about this like they say the when you speak chinese um you are using both hemisphere of your brain mm. similarly as when you play music because when you're speaking like a language alphabetic language like uh, english french you're only use i think the which side the no brain at all. The right <laughs> you side. Don't, you don't use your brain at yeah, all. Yeah, the, like the area that's for music is not toned down. Like mm. somebody did this study. That's but so the, cool. when you speak to, uh, to when you wow. speak Chinese, your the the section that's usually turned on for music, it's turned on hmm. at the same time. So, so it makes sense. It's really, yeah, it makes yeah, yeah, perfect yeah. sense. But like, you know, the, the weirdest thing that when somebody told me, I realized this like while I was listening to Chinese singers, mm -hmm. and I was thinking, I was thinking. Okay, so when you speak, you need to be tonally correct. Yeah. But when you sing, that goes up to shits. Like that you goes don't have away. to. But now I'm thinking, if you need to be tonally correct to speak and to be understood, how why can you understand the song? Yes. How? Yeah. Tell me, Dominic. Well, you have you, you, context. Okay, so that that helps. But yeah. what what happens in the song? Like, the t how do you perceive the tones? Then they don't. They're not there. You don't mind. 
Um, uh, again, it's it's really by context. So you kind of know what they're singing. You know, you would not make a mistake if they sing about their girlfriend. You think they're singing about, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I don't know, like a, like a yesterday's meal. Like you, you you understand the context of what uh, the singer is trying to sing about. So, so you, you guess you guess the words. But there are many cases, just like in English songs as well. You hear something and you have no clue what they're singing about. Mm-hmm. Like, have ever happened to you? Like the I don't know. No, what you do never you see, but, listen but, to a song. You don't know what the words are. But mean, meaning what? I don't understand don't the words. You don't understand the words. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes. possible if they're not <clears throat> if they're not clear enough. But I mean, still the words are there. But I mean, you need tonal to be understood. This is where I I I wonder what's happening in a. Like a but you have to understand the Chinese are consist of um, like words that are oftentimes two characters together mm-hmm. or sometimes four characters together. Mm-hmm. So those things, even if you don't know the tone, it's 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 very easy to have two single characters with the same pronunciation but different tones that mm-hmm. you don't know which is which. Mm-hmm. But when they're combined with two a word with two let two characters then you you lower the possibilities of what they can be got it given the context got so it. you kind of guess okay so, that two combination so, has to mean so when people sing way. you infer context all the time all the time so you don't need the tones you don't need the tones that's very very interesting because yeah. i always wondered like i was thinking well, if the tones are it's necessary. It's a very good question, though. It's absolutely logical, the question from, you know, like when you think about the logic, you know, if the tones are so important, how do you understand <laughs> when they sing? Because there's no more tones anymore. I it always won't... had that question, so I'm glad you cleared it up for yeah. me. Yeah. So now you you are in, in, in this very difficult times in business with a child, two children, right, right yeah, now? Yeah, How do you find it, like, just to be in business, regardless of COVID? Like, how do you manage with the with the with family a ch- with the children yeah oh, i honestly i think the hardest is for the children because the children used to have um so much freedom and then mm. they they are deprived from that freedom and for us as adults we can rationalize we can occupy ourselves with netflix but you know with children it's their time to be out in the nature, out on the in the park, or doing activities. Because my I'm, daughter, I'm my worried. daughter started to do the ballet classes, and? and her ballet classes is canceled. She does not understand why. I so understand. I told her because there's the COVID virus, you cannot go to the classes How old is she? anymore. She's three. Yeah. So she's like, oh, okay. She when kinda, the virus is over, can I go? I yeah. said yes. I have a boy, four years old, same thing. No, that that breaks my heart I because. Know. You know, like as children, they have to live through that. Mm. And you know, they're not, um, they could be way happier, let's say. Yeah, I know. And uh, you, you you can't find the children in a small space. I live in a condo on top of that. I think for people who live in a house, it's probably a little easier. Yeah. At least you have some outdoor space. I live in a condo. Like all day, I think all kinds of activities uh, for the for the children to do. You know, I teach them at at home, and uh, I try to take them out two times a day, but it's not living. I know, they're taking away the socializing uh, socializing aspect. They're also, they're still going to. My older daughter is going to daycare now. That's awesome. Which is, there's another point is like if the daycare is open, where the social distancing and uh, uh, it's not know, possible. It's not possible, and. There is, there, 100%, there is a complete disconnect. Like, I see it in my wife's job. The measures that are put in place are not, some of them are not physically possible. Yep. They're just not possible. For kids, it's not uh, physically possible. It's not. And if you are allowing a big chunk of society, which is, you know, the children, they have parents. Yeah. So if the children get sick, who do you think you're going to get sick? So if you are allow part of the society to go to an environment where the safety measures are not implemented or very you know, loosely, loosely yeah, yeah. implemented while prohibit, prohibit other activities where the safety measures are strongly implemented, there is no logic mm. in that. So even if your business is going to bankrupt, you can still get COVID. Hmm. 
right? Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not safe. You're not safe. Your customers are not safe. But Nobody's I, I, safe. But, but to, to be honest, like the hardest decision in the whole process, the, the whole process was to send my kids to school. Like the yeah. day that it happened, yeah. the leap of faith that I had to make yeah. and the anxiety that I had when I was bringing my child to the first the day school. and seeing all the masks and the measures. It, knowing, I, I came home, I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, this knowing is, all that I know. safety measures are not going to be strictly implemented. Exactly. So I'm already did the leap of faith for the most precious things in my life. Yeah. The rest, <laughs> I don't know how to describe it, but it feels uninventful. Like, what are we talking about? There was only yeah. 10 people in my studio. Yeah. Like, it's nothing. Like, yeah. well, there's no COVID no, the here. Biggest, you took already the biggest risk exactly. in your life. So, so I'm already sending the most precious thing in my life. And that area, they mm -hmm. decide to keep open. Yeah. But a business where they, you know what they can only do? Instead of giving me grants, Hire inspectors up the Yancey. Yeah. Just let's let's do the control thing. Hire inspectors, send them over in businesses, check if they res respect the rules in place for a while, for six months, a year, whatever. So at least we can stay afloat and slowly. And there's also the the um, uh, what's it called? There's the opening aspect of the business, but it's also the confidence of our clients. Yeah, yeah. And I know where I have uh, guys that are like they don't care; no, they, they will come. I but, did multiple surveys, and, like how people feel safe or not safe, and, and it's always split opinion. There are people, I would say, from my clientele, sixty percent people are for opening. They 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 will come. Whatever activity I'm I have available, they will come. Because mm -hmm. they are the people who don't really care to catch COVID, to be mm -hmm. honest. Many people are have is in that kind of mindset. Yeah. And there's another 45% who are pro-confinement. They absolutely don't want anything to do with group activities. Those or, with jobs. Yeah. Those are the ones with jobs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The jobless ones, we have nothing to lose, you know? <laughs> we already lost everything. My child's at school exactly. now. So... <laughs> Let's go COVID. Exactly. And uh, th it's always a split opinion. And uh, and I think with this second wave, third wave thing, it really destroyed that um, that part where people have still a little bit confidence in how to live a normal life. I think it really uh, put a big damper on that. Like a, For sure. If if you say after summer, people's confidence starts to build back and people start to feel, oh, maybe it's safe to do something now. And it just really took away uh, yeah, from that. Even now, I think if we are allowed to open, I think our numbers are going to be like a quite shit. For sure. Like people are scared. Now, now right now I'm operating at one 5% with one Zoom class. Yeah. With but how's <laughs> that work for you, the Zoom class? Listen, there's 15 people. Everybody that are, that is there is... I can feel that the people are extremely uh, grateful and happy mm -hmm. for that meeting spot. Mm -hmm. That's the only reason I do it. Because um, if, you, if you ask me if it's even worth it, like business-wise, mm -hmm. the answer is no. No. But if I, every time I talk to the people, the, the thing they reflect to me when I give the class and when I talk, and I know all these people, I mm -hmm. know how... Listen, now it keeps me my you know it keeps me alive. Like you hear yeah, that story, of course. I'm never gonna as long as I can go. <laughs> I'm gonna cancel that unless I have one class. I know. And I thought about it. I thought about it also. It's good for me too. Yes. You see what I mean? It just uh, yeah. go back to just work to and keep the spirit alive. Voila. Basically, that's yeah. that. It's for our mental health. To exactly. be honest, like even for me, the same thing. Like every time you know, is it is it worth it for me to open a? 13,000 square foot for like a two private a day, you know, it's absolutely not worth it. Mm -hmm. But when I think about, oh, maybe that one private will help that teacher to pay some rent and, you know, to, because I know some teachers, they don't even have access to the government grant. They need that. You know, if it's one private per day, that's going to keep some people alive. You know, I'm already half dead in the water. I might as well just help as many people as I can as we go. Like, I'm just in that state of mind right now. Yeah. Right? Like, before I die, I try to keep some other people, you know, alive as I go, you know? Like, it just really, we are coming to that. And I just... Do you know, like, you, 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 you because I'm asking you because you studied business and I never saw, I, I can't tell it inside me what's my threshold. 
Mm-hmm. And do you have already mapped out your threshold of how I long have. can you, you did? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I have. I have like uh, definitely. Well, it's really to I, I have actually studied the possibility of bankruptcy since um, July. What is your threshold if it's not too? Uh... Um, I mean, right now I'm bleeding very slowly because we have a reduced rent. Yeah. So let's say... How long can you go like this? I can go probably until, let's say, March next year. That's the big max, That's right? what I have negotiated with my landlord for the... Actually, I negotiated until end of the year, the reduced rent. Mm-hmm. And I told her, even if the government remove the subsidies, I will continue to pay the reduced rent till March next year. This is what I have. Mm-hmm. talked about because yeah. i know even if they remove the rent i'm not able to pay the full rent like that's just let's just be yeah uh, you know realistic here i told her if you are not able to accept this i will bankrupt right now that means you know like she will lose a lot of money because she will not be able to get the government uh, relief funds and then i will lose everything that i ever put in this place which is mm. a huge amount of money yeah uh so that's a lose-lose situation so she she understood she's like you know what i'm going to help you through this but again like i'm still under so i'm not uh, i'm not making money like um with two privates a month per day per day not per month okay sorry sorry yeah Yeah. Yeah, so that's uh, basically uh what i have in mind um so so slowly we're we're hoping that we can get out of it little by little even just let us operate for like 15 percent would help too yeah for sure you know so what motivates you when you get up nowadays um, besides your kids I'm always motivated. Man, you impress me. I don't I'm, I'm re- have a day that I'm not motivated. I, I, I have to say I'm re- very impressed because <laughs> I am not like that. No? I, yeah, if I can have a little Because you're Canadian. Bit, uh, that's what it is. I'm not, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. You that's think so? That's your defect. What, what's my defect? Defect is the, you're born. I'm not born here. Where were you born? Moscow. Moscow. Yeah. You're Russian. Yeah. yeah. I'm part Russian. So you see, you were Russian. wrong. You were wrong. Then you shouldn't need the motivation. <laughs> the Russians and Chinese are born motivated. Ah, I love it. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. You I know, know, it's a battery, power battery charge at, at the birth. Here we go. That's and it. And it lasts your entire <laughs> lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, no, that's awesome. No, because I think I, I have a part that is extremely emotional in me. Uh-huh. I don't know if it comes from my father's side because my father's uh, Algerian. Okay. And I go sometimes like very, very like I'm getting emotionally invested. So I need potential. So I need maybe, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure what it is. I think that, that whatever you accomplished here up to this date, which this is basically, I would call it this a Mecca of dance. Oh, thank and you so much. I'm not, I'm not saying it this lightly. I think you you are a uh, uh, a queen in in the world of dance. I think so. I think so. And I think you set no, but I, but I mean you you set up this huge place. You took up a a, 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 a humongous project and in the center of Montreal, which has many dance events. And it, it, there are definitely much missed. With everybody that's listening that knows Espace des Arts, this is the place to be if you're a dancer okay hands down and this was made by you by your your team and i cannot be more grateful that that every time i came here it was wonderful i i miss it so much like we had almost uh, uh, like we used to go out more now but with the kids every time we would go out and we would have a babysitter um i'm gonna get emotional I don't want to get emotional because <laughs> it's been a long I'll time. Give you a virtual it's, been, hug. it's been a long time, but um, we just get a babysitter, and it was dancing here, restaurant, home, home, right? Dancing restaurant with a bit of like a small group of friends, yeah. home, and we always had that. It's it's kind of the the go to thing that we used to do when we were when everything was was Open, normal right yeah so i miss it i miss it a lot no i you you're getting emotional but that's exactly how i feel every day walking into empty space 
and mm-hmm. I get nostalgic almost. It's like it kind of it's it's sad to use the word word yeah. uh, nostalgic for that because this place used to be so much filled with life like yeah, every no, exactly. day, and you exactly. see, and it's all people full of passion and full of energy like everywhere you look you know like it just uh uh pure joy to to be here every day and uh, to create events or to be part of the events the festivals workshops so it's, 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 just, it's well put uh, and the way you say yeah. say it, it this place was full of life yeah i it think was. i think that and now i think this whole covid situation has sucked the life out of all of us it's yeah. really uh it's difficult to 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 see that every day, but I still have hope. I don't, you know, I don't despair. <laughs> I have hope. My God, she's amazing. My, I, wow. Well, actually, go back to your question. Yeah. Uh, what gets me uh, motivated? Let's say if if there this can be a reason is uh, I think I will survive till the end. Mm. So it's that. Like I I believe that. I think that's an amazing and I amazing hope all the people listening like yeah. the entrepreneurs I think this is probably darkest moment that in our lifetime or in our businesses lifetime I hope everybody can really hold down to that hope and um, just believe like it's a you know we take a leap of faith in anything we do and this is the time we really have to hold down to it with everything you got you know um I came in in this conversation with absolutely no expectation and open and just wanted to to chat. to chat and to share this platform which is the Bailarum podcast with you. It's so cool and, by the and, way. And thanks, thanks for doing thanks. that. <laughs> yeah. You're you're doing an amazing <laughs> job. Every time I see you post something I'm like, "Wow, that's yeah. interesting." Like But, uh, but we met uh, uh, last year and said, "I I want I want to have you on." And, I know. We and then about stuff passed and then I said, "Okay, <laughs> let's let's do it right now. We have yeah. dead time. Yeah. Let's do it." But like I said, I came in with this in, in in this conversation with no expectation whatsoever, just a chat, and I'm extremely impressed with your um your how how do you deal with this situation and and i just hope it's going to rub off on me a little bit because i need it (laughs) so again again guys so i think it's a good way to finish this podcast and um remember that name dominic wang and espace des arts we're waiting for you yeah she's not gonna move (laughs) well not going anywhere we're gonna be here we'll survive all right so thank you very much for doing this dominic thank Thank you you. thank you take care guys take care